This is the Secret Life of a Bikini Competitor podcast, a show taking you behind the layers of tan and sparkly bikinis to find out what it's really like to be a bikini competitor. I'm your host, Robin Challens, and every week I sit down with pros and amateurs alike from all across the world, from all different federations and categories, to give you unfiltered access into women's bodybuilding. No topic is ever off limits, so let's get stuck in. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm here today with the incredible Daniela Murphy, who is a WBFF fitness competitor and personal trainer from Wollongong in New South Wales. Welcome to the show, Daniela. Hi, thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm stoked to have you here. And my heart is going out to you because you have just gone into another lockdown over there in New South Wales. Hey. <laughs> Yes, we have. Oh. I feel like that's all I hear on podcasts these days. It's always one state after another, isn't it? I know. <laughs> what do you do? You just gotta, you just gotta push through and keep going. That's all. Yeah, I know. I just did um uh, had a posing workshop and was chatting to a lot of competitors who are three weeks, two weeks out from the WBFF July show and still up in the air of when and and mm. when it, if it'll go ahead. So. It's we all thought we were in the clear. I actually saw, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Ari and um, Pauline posted something on the WBFF page on Facebook stating that they may push the um, show further along if if that was the case, maybe or yeah. just got PTSD yeah, from last year all over again. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I prepped last year for. Did you? The July show was, yeah, was going to be my first. Obviously, that got cancelled. Um, and then I was then pushing straight through to the next available show, which was October, which was moved to November, which was then cancelled. Oh. And oh, it's like my coach is like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm pushing for the next show. I'm going for this next show. I need my stage time. <laughs> I was like, get I me on the stage. I've been prepping all year. I just want my debut. <laughs> when did you start prep then for that July show? January, January last year. So I um, started um, a little bit of a bulk. Um, I never really dieted before. Um, 
I'd never actually trapped food or done anything, calorie counting, never did anything. Like I was one of those quote unquote idiots, <laughs> not saying that anybody that does this <laughs> is an idiot, but I was, that <laughs> would say um, I would train so I could eat whatever I wanted. And, you know, it wasn't until I got probably, I don't know, maybe six to eight months into being, you know, building my body and prepping and counting calories that I just went, wow, I really had a problem. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really did not live life healthy at all. <laughs> Drank wine all the time <laughs> and ate way too much food. Oh, it's very lucky that I had a very fast metabolism, but, oh. you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hear you. I did exactly the same thing. Like for my first comp, I never really followed a, a diet, like a specific diet for a long period of time or a specific nutrition protocol for a long period of time i had done the odd crash diet here and there as you do when yeah. you're growing up yeah. but never yeah. committed myself fully so then you get into it and you're like oh shit <laughs> is this what it's about <laughs> you know what i was actually quite ecstatic because my i was under eating i was under eating oh. a lot my coach had me on i uh, put me up to i think it was something easy now that I dream dream of eating now that I'm um I'm prepping but um was something like 2500 calories and I struggled to eat that amount of food I was like oh. I was sitting at the dinner table crying I was like I can't eat all this food and my kids are like eat your dinner mum <laughs> I have to eat all of it I'm like I can't eat this much food I don't want it oh, oh so I honestly I know that's the thing like I'm so used to for me prep like not prep is easy it's not fucking easy but like dieting eating low calorie volume foods like that is second nature to me now so that when I have like a high day or like I'm in my off season and having I'm like you don't need this many vegetables on your plate because it's like you've got potato which is like like yeah. a high high satiating a very hate satiating yes. food yes. that yes and so, like, you actually, I get to it, and I'm just like, why did I just fill up on all that lettuce and cucumber? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to get all these calories in. So, I feel for oh, you. Oh dear, yes, it's um, it is, it's it's fun. Why do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have this conversation. I guess we're all just like, why do we do this again? Sorry, <laughs> why do we do this to ourselves? So, Part of how- the one percent, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, how was that then? sort of prepping for two shows that never went ahead like what was that whole year like for you like was it quite hard or you know I've spoken to a few competitors just around kind of like it's that's why it's front of mind speaking to competitors today who are you know potentially two weeks out from a show that might not happen or might get postponed and most people are just like no it's fine you know we we can do this but when it was first happening it was Mm -hmm. unknown unknowable never happened before and it was pretty hectic Mm. look the first time it happened um i i just want to start by saying i actually work really well with challenges when challenges are thrown at my way um my survival mode kicks in and a lot of that has to do with um past trauma and and how i've had to survive so when it first was cancelled i was just like whatever i bring it you know we went into lockdown i went bought all this gym equipment I was like fuck yeah let's go I was out the back I'd get dressed every morning I'd still match my gym clothes I'd be up at 5 a.m and I'd be in the garage training so hard like I trained so hard I think 
I probably gained a lot more at home at that time. Um, look, the first couple of weeks, I didn't have any gym equipment, um, just a couple of plates. And I kind of just used my kids <laughs> to squat and deadlift and actually got them involved. <laughs> I've got videos of like um, the kids laying down and I just pick them up by their shirts and I just deadlift. Oh my God, that is amazing. (laughs) Oh dear. So that, um, yeah, I just kind of pushed through that first time. Um, Just took it, you know, as a bit of a time to reflect um, on life and, you know, where can, um, where, where can I improve all of that kind of stuff. But the second time it happened, um, I lost my shit. I did. I lost it. I was just like, I've been prepping for eight months. I I just really lost myself for a little while. I, mm. I binged out really bad um, and I probably did that for about a month or two months even. Like it was quite, quite a while. And it was then that I actually learned a lot about myself um, too. Like I realised that I'm actually or well, had been an emotional eater, binge mm. eater for a long time and I didn't never knew that. But, um, yeah, challenging times. But, um got through it again thanks to my coach um who was just amazing and um yeah just kind of got back on the bandwagon and you know had my my month off and I still trained um Mm. really intense like trainings it's my um it's my therapy anyway but Mm. it was just that tracking the food that kind of got the better of me but you know I got back on par and um yeah prepped all through Christmas and made it was made to be looked like the the odd one out when I had my container of food and everybody's eating the Christmas ham and my cousins are teasing me but you know whatever (laughs) I was like check out my six-pack though (laughs) yeah exactly you can enjoy those Yorkshire puddings but check out how ripped I am yes amazing I know and that's I think important to note isn't it like for any competitors who are listening who've gone into a lockdown recently or just gone into one or potentially might go into one in the future like it doesn't matter not it doesn't matter it's okay if you don't handle each one as well or you handle one dif- each one differently I Absolutely. was all right first one I was kind of all right the second one I had a lot of gym equipment and I just like you I threw myself into training and I actually built quite a considerable amount of muscle and I just was just like this mm. is shit but just gonna get on with it the third one in Melbourne was only a week, wasn't too bad. But the fourth one was like, it was no. only three weeks. But for some reason, it was just, it was harder. And I lost my shit as well. And I was just like, mm. I was just really emotional about it all. Because it was just, again, you just like, like you were saying, oh, I've been prepping for so long. Or I've been working for something so long. It's like, and then I was getting frustrated with myself. I was like, but I handled the other ones so well. Like, what's wrong? And I think it's just, it's fine. Fatigue. Mm. And, you know, it's you know, this is an unprecedented time. It's all right if we lose our shit. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Well, we can say, you know, at the end of this, and we can say to our grandchildren, you know, that we lived through a pandemic, so. (laughs) Epic rigs in the process. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's it. The best of the best. You know, it was strong. (laughs) It was funny because when I did did, um, my uh, WBFF debut um, at registration night. They were, they were. Um, Ari was talking, and he was saying, "You know, um, welcome everybody. This is a really special time because, um, you know, we're the first people to compete after the pandemic. So it was actually, you know, it was quite, um, mm. 
liberating, I guess, to be a part of something so so crazy and to survive mm-hmm. it and come out the other side, even though it's still going on, you know, when parts of the world are, are um are in chaos. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's gotta band together and yeah, survive it. But yeah, you can get through it. So how did you go in that first Dude, show then? And motivation. <laughs> Good. Oh, really good. Really good. Look, I came top 10. I came 10th. So I'm really, really happy with that. Ooh, yeah. I think like yeah. that's to people who aren't familiar with the WBFS, you're like, oh, don't, you know, top 10, like, you know, that obviously that's great. But you're like, no, like WBFF is next level. And like, no. you don't place yeah. unless you're in that 10. So it's like, that is incredible. I had friends say to me, you know, as your friends do, they're so, um, uh, what, what's the word I guess they're a little bit biased and they're like oh you should have placed higher <laughs> and I'm like no I made top 10 just be quiet <laughs> just shut up hey, and let me done. have my victory <laughs> I made top 10 that's it you know I'm so happy I was just I wasn't going there to place you know yeah first time I had that out of my, my head I did honestly I do think I manifested it though um I did dream it and I did um yeah as soon as I had that dream I was just like right that's it journaling every day I'm making top 10 without fail so what um, I walk me through this manifestation mm. because I love speaking to people mm. about this I journal every day mindset's my mm. big number one thing I'm working on for this prep because it let me down my last one mm. um and it's paid off because I'm in such a good place mentally and I'm like just kicking myself why didn't I do this sooner um mm. but talk to me you know how you go about sort of setting that mindset like so you mentioned your journal like manifesting like what's some tips uh look um journaling has been something that I've done on and off for since well, just therapy for many mm. many years but since doing um prep and listening to podcasts one of yours as well um I just found that um journaling in the morning I've got a gratitude journal that I that I write in um I also have a prep journal that I write in as well um so journaling is a big thing for me but I really believe that if you really want something then you need to believe that you're already there you know, you've already, it's not just about, I find it really hard to explain, but it's not like you you think it, but you live it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so every morning I'd get up and I'd go for my morning morning steps and I'd be like, yes, you know, I had that dream that I made top 10 and I know I'm going to make top 10 and I am going to make top 10 and I have made top 10. Um, I said it to my kids, I'd say it to, you know, just a couple of people that were really close to me because mm-hmm. obviously I didn't want to tell you know, the whole world because I didn't want to come across as, um, you know, as cocky or um, anything like that. So, yeah, I just believe that if you truly want something, you can absolutely manifest it by um, journaling, thinking it, mm. you know, dreaming it, meditating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I totally agree because it's, you're not tricking yourself into behaving a certain way, but if you already believe that you Mm. are going to get a certain result, you're, and I've definitely found this anyway, like your behaviors align with that so much better. If you think I'm not going to do very well, you will unconsciously self-sabotage by like, you know, 
not getting all your steps, maybe having a bit of extra peanut butter out of the jar, that kind of thing. But like, if you really believe that that you belong there and you deserve that and that will come to you, it's more, it's easier to be honest with yourself and be like, you know, just go out and get those like, oh, you five, you know, if you set goals 10,000 just and you're at nine and a half thousand before bed, you'd be like, right, okay, I'm going to go and do those extra 500 by just walking around the block once. Like it's easier to do those extra little one percenters because you already believe that you are successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've had a very negative mindset pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Um, and it's taken a very long time to be able to change that. Um, but if you live in that negative mindset, negative things will happen. Like it will just continue to happen. Mm. Um, so I, I really find it interesting how you said, um, you know, if you've got 9,500 steps and you've got to do 10,000, you just go, oh, whatever, I'll just do the 500 another, another time. But why are you doing the 500 another time? Why can't you just go and walk around the house right now before you go to bed? You know, because that was what I did. I Everything weighed to the gram. Everything was weighed to the gram. If I had 10,000 steps to do in one day, I did 10,000 minimum in that one day. You know, there was numerous times that I would go to bed. And I've got three kids, run two businesses, you know. There'd be times that it'd be 9 o'clock at night. And I'd be like, oh, still got 1,000 steps to do. So instead of just going to bed, I would go, all right, that's okay. Put my jacket on, I'd go outside and I'd do my thousand steps. You yeah. know, it has to be done. They're non-negotiables. Yeah. That's what makes you the one percent. That's what gets you into that top ten. Or that's what manifestation is, you know, it's mm. living it, believing it, and putting the plans into action. So actually doing these things, not just um thinking them and hoping them mm. and yeah, it's 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 all mindset. It really is. Yeah, definitely. And I um because one there's like this like one, you know, one workout never made an athlete, one one missed workout never broke an athlete. But there's another quote, I can't remember, I think it's like Michael Jordan or something like that. My coach is obsessed with Michael Jordan, so that's probably who it is. Who said, like, quit it. <laughs> like if you quit once, it becomes a habit. Like it's so like if you just like, Absolutely. oh, I've just you know, I've got five hundred, I'll do them tomorrow. And it's just like, um, well, you say that now and then, you know, come next week where you're just like, oh, well, I did it last week and I managed to make it up. And then it just becomes a slippery, slippery slope. And yeah, one. And then it becomes a habit too. And yeah. it's very hard to break a habit. That's that's the problem. That's the issue. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, yeah, just like getting it done, getting the hard yards mm. done. That's mm. where, Absolutely. that's where like the champions are made. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. That's Amazing. exactly right. So you're prepping now, you were saying? I am. Yes. Yeah, a little bit spontaneous this time around because with WBFF I got my feedback. Um oh, yeah, what was your feedback? Was like, right. So it was pretty much the same as everyone's grow your glutes and shoulders. Um and I yeah. didn't come in lean enough either. Um yeah. so yeah, those the leanness is is just a um something that I'll apply through this prep as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah so I was typically going to take the whole the rest of the season off to build um but then I just randomly decided that I was going to do IFBB 19 weeks out so um 
yeah, I was just like, you know what? I want to do traditional style bodybuilding. It's happening. You know, there's quite a few people around in my gym that um, mm. are prepping for it. And it's, so it's in my face and they're looking so shredded and lean. And I've been out so bad after WBFS, so bad, mm. that I just wanted to um, have a turnaround and I wanted to be able to redo. I, I wanted, hang on. I wanted to be able to reset my mindset by um, nailing my reverse diet and I would rather do it now than later so that was one of the reasons why I got into it as well as well as it appeals to me so so Mm. what was that like then so after your after your show you mentioned you sort of binged out pretty hard what was the like what was the feelings how did it go oh look (laughs) we've all been there promised myself (laughs) yeah (laughs) I promised myself, I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this prep, putting all this hard work into um, just to worry about what I'm having after show. I could hear, you know, all these people would ask me, what are you going to eat first thing after the show? And I'm like, I don't want to think about it. I don't, I just, I don't know, probably, probably like two weeks up to show I was like donut cookies chocolates oh my god I get to have them soon I got so obsessed I think (laughs) I remember ordering about 12 (laughs) and I'm not even joking (laughs) 12 different (laughs) um uh, flavored um like the cookie the cookie donuts of um the cookie pies from dough house yes from dough house yes but I went the extra mile I was like oh let's go to um (laughs) I'm going to go to Krispy Kremes as well. I'm going to have two of those. <laughs> oh, and I, I need to get the white chocolate chip macadamia nut cookies from Coles too because they're my favourite. Oh, yes. I just, and then I everyone on the Gold Coast goes to like Bam Bam Bakehouse. Um, yes. And, there's like and everyone's another one. posting about it. <laughs> it's like, Milky oh, Lane. <laughs> uh, so, th- yeah, well, that's what happened. I um I saw all that and I bought all of that. So I had it all in my motel fridge some of it got delivered on um, registration night as they do yeah. the bouquets and stuff but um yeah and then once look once I got a taste for it um I, I just couldn't stop I could not stop at all um and it was actually quite bad um it got it got out of hand um you know I, I'd, I remember after show I, I ate my cookies which was you know like everybody does and mm. I went back to the motel I had a couple more and you know I woke up in the morning to pee I think about 3 a.m and I was like oh those white chocolate chip macadamia nut cookies are there and I had those at that time and then I had cookies for breakfast and then went out for breakfast and look I, I honestly Robin I couldn't stop like it's mm. it, overpowered me the amount of sugar that I'd had it was like it just tastes so good I'll be honest here I actually haven't told anybody this but I went through this for uh I think probably about five or six weeks to the point where I thought that I was starting to have an eating disorder because I would eat the food I would be so full it would physically make me sick so I'd go to the toilet and I'd chunder, like not not on purpose, but it would just happen. And then I'd go back, I'd sit, I'd watch the movie back again with my kids, and I'd start eating again. I'd be like, "What am I doing? Like, stop!" Like, mm. I'd, yeah, it got really out of hand. Um, so I kind of needed something to 
set me back on my my plan, I guess. And I mm-hmm. and that's also another reason why I decided to go um, to re-prep. And I know that some coaches would say that's probably not the best thing to do because I've started to develop a, you know, a quote-unquote bad relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, it did the opposite. So it just snapped me back on into line. And yeah, but yeah, it was pretty intense. And I, yeah. look, I felt ashamed too. Yeah, I, I felt ashamed, and I and I didn't really tell anybody about it. There was a couple of people that I told. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, a couple of people that I trusted, but yeah, and because you think that no one's going to understand, and especially yeah. if they're not competitors, they won't really get yeah. it. And I had like I after my first show, I did something very similar. Like I got off stage, ate donuts, ate the big bag of lollies. Mm-hmm. Then when we went mm-hmm. and had burgers with all my friends congratulating me and then I accidentally I, I accidentally throwing up because I didn't mean to do it but like you just yes, so yes, full yes. came out mm. someone had made me a cake and I was like well at least I've got room to eat that and then <laughs> but it doesn't stop and it, like it no. is uncontrollable and you can mm. feel there is a lot of shame associated with it especially because you spent so long being mm. so regimented and so disciplined obviously you know once you kind of come out the other side of that it's just there's a lot going on and you know it can be easy to fall into that but it doesn't make Mm. it any less kind of like I was embarrassed like I was genuinely Mm. embarrassed watching my comp physique fade away and yes and that's the thing you spend months months so hard to get that lean and to look that good and a week done you're fluffy (laughs) what happened it's gone my abs what have I done (laughs) I want them back. <laughs> come back. Come back. And they're like, it's not sustainable. And I was like, no, but I could have held on to that physique for just that little bit longer. Yeah. Oh, dear. So what are, you, look, yeah. what are you putting in place or what are you doing differently this time around? Because you know that that is a possibility that can happen, that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. it's a very real possibility that that could happen again. Is there anything that you're putting in place this time around to prevent that? Um, well, this time around, I'm actually flexible dieting. So last mm-hmm. time I was on a meal plan, um, pretty much I've been on a meal plan since January last year. Um, my coach was very, um, you know, no, can't have halo top ice cream. It's not, you know, it's not going to fill your body, which is, you know, I understand. Like I do respect that. But I just feel like being so restricted for so long um kind of led me back into that path um by not having these foods and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden having them and them tasting so good and remembering how yes. you feel when you yeah mm-hmm. when you have them so so this time I'm um I'm actually prepping myself <laughs> believe it or not oh, yeah and yeah so well, technically my coach is my partner um so he's prepped himself to 16 shows so he's like he knows his shit. <laughs> so um, I'm leaving like all of my my macro um, targets and calories to him, um, but like I'm doing my own training programs um, and I'm tracking everything through my fitness pal, which I've only just got my head around to. Mm. <laughs> Actually quite hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was eating way over. I didn't even realise. <laughs> like sending him these um, screenshots <laughs> of what I've eaten and he's like, um, babe. <laughs> <laughs> 149 grams times four <laughs> equals x amount of calories and I'm like oh fuck <laughs> but, but my fitness pal told me 
<laughs> yeah, it says the little calories up the top. I was like, no, 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 but my fitness pal told me that I've still got 300 calories left. And I'm like, liar. <laughs> oh, so I've got my head around that now. Oh, dear. Mm. So I think just implementing, yeah, just implementing little things here and there um, has definitely helped keep me um, on track, which is good. So, yeah, yeah good. being in control. Mm. Oh, flexible dying changed the game for me um, because I – Meal, pl- meal planned my entire first two preps and even in my off season as well and wouldn't recommend that <laughs> yeah so that's well that's what I did too mm. yeah mm. and then when I came out the back end of my second show um and I ended up going back to the UK for a little bit I was just like right now is the time I'm gonna flexible diet I'm gonna teach myself how to use my fitness pal and mm. I actually reversed pretty well considering everything that was going on in my life because I was able to just like to be flexible as the word mm. suggests, flexible dieting. Mm. And it just really helped with my relationship with food. Cause I was just like, Oh, I can eat these things and still make progress. Um, yes. Now I'm in prep. I flexible diet in the sense that I eat anything that I want, but it's very same, same every single day. I've pretty much, I yes. pretty much make yep. my meal plan for myself. Um, yes. But the option is there to be like today I just really need a little bit extra chocolate so I'm gonna Mm. fit that in somehow or today if I eat another piece of chicken I will throw it at someone's face so I'm gonna have Mm. some tuna today or something Mm. so yeah it's just that variety I think is I'm excited to see what it does to my mindset when I come out the other end of the show and yes there Mm. will be lots of donuts and treats I'm sure because I love donuts and I've worked hard but I think this like uncontrollable feverishness about needing to eat these things because I haven't and what if they go away and hopefully that will have dissipated. Mm, mm, Yeah, well, that's what I'm hoping for as well. Um, I pretty much eat the same thing every day. Um, So I know what I'm eating. I do, I'm pre-planning now. Mm. So I'll know what I'm eating in the morning all day. Um, and look, I've eaten the same thing the last, you know, three days. And, you know, I did that through my last prep anyway. You know, I was eating yeah. the same thing for, you know, a month, two months at a time. Didn't really get bored. I changed it up with herbs and spices and, mm. you know, trick my brain into thinking that I was eating donuts by putting cinnamon on my spud light. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm still, obviously I'm in prep, so I'm not going crazy, but just the simplest little thing with, as you said, you know, I feel like a bit of chocolate. I'm going to have a bit of chocolate. Mm. Whereas my last prep, there was even in my off season, it was like, no, Danny, you know, we shouldn't be having chocolate. And I just feel like that um, it kind of damaged me a little bit. Yeah. Because mm. especially when it comes that that time of the month, you know, I'm I'm hungrier as we all are. You know, mm. our body's going through going through a lot. And um, yeah, even if it's just one two pieces of chocolate like it's it's satisfying so um yeah I think that's I think that's going to give me a positive outlook on my reverse diet this time so I can nail it and I can reset my body's homeostasis <laughs> and my starting point properly <laughs> to head back into my next prep which will be for WEFF next early next year so oh yeah. loving it is trying a little bit of IPB coming back to WEFF this is exciting yes Yes, I actually I actually had um, a, a, one of my friends that I, 
you know how you go, you do WBFF and you just meet a whole bunch of amazing people and they become oh. like your best friends, yes. you know. For me, it was room number eight. Shout out to all those girls. You know who you are. <laughs> Ooh, shout out eight, room eight. <laughs> but um, one of the girls was like, oh, no, you're moving over to IFBB. And I was like, no, no, don't say it like that. Like, I'll be back for WBFF. Like, I'm I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm a new competitor. I want to see where I fit. Um, I want to try different shows. I was actually yeah. going to do ICN and a few other little local shows around here. But um, after doing WBFF, Mm. I, I can't really, to me, myself, you know, I've gone from going to this extravagant show to something so small and little, I'd feel like I'd just be kidding myself. Like I'm not going to not gonna find happiness in one of those little shows. Um, mm. Even if I was to come first, it still, it wouldn't really mean anything to me. Um, yeah, so that I chose IFBB because obviously the, um, um, you can go a long way in IFBB and it's traditional mm. style bodybuilding. It's different to WBFF, you know. It's the, the girls there are next level. Like, goodness what, me. What division are you doing? I'm um, just doing a bikini. Mm. Yes. But even the bikini girls, like, they're, they're as lean pretty much as the fitness girls in WBFF. Like, it's they're insane, insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, I would like to try my hand at IFBB one day. Um, I'm very much a WBFF gal, but I saying mm. that I do love the IFBB bikini physiques. Mm, um, yeah. And I also really love the posing. Like, yeah, I actually, it's so easy. I know. It's so easy, Robin. You only need like four, oh, hang on, one, two, three, four poses and that's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that all? <laughs> I actually <laughs> find WBFF. for 12 months. <laughs> yeah, I actually find WBFF posing really fucking hard like I've started I've started quite as early as I possibly could for my posing and it does not it despite the fact I'm a dancer despite the fact that I love the spotlight and love it and love being up on the stage I still find WFF posing super challenging because I was like oh it's really fluid and you can do what you want no, I need the structure. I need the order. <laughs> I need four poses and then yes. to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done a few posing sessions um, with my posing coach down here. Mm. Um, she's actually an IFBB judge too, so she's been doing bodybuilding for something ridiculous like twenty years. So um, wow. I'm in good hands down here, yeah. uh, prepping myself, which is good. So I've got really good support. Um, I was expecting like with WBFF, you know, it was I did posing with my posing coach for. 12 sessions and I was like had to do them all and it just took me so long to get my routine down pat like I felt like it wasn't until I was about six weeks out and mm. you know and this was posing for months and months mm. like I finally got it down pat I could finally switch everything on it could flow whereas with this you know my my posing coach said to me she's like you know like you don't even need to do this every week you've you've got it you know we just critique it a little bit here and there Mm. and I was like oh is that it like is this what we do <laughs> and you just go to the back and you stay there you don't have to keep moving you have to keep flowing no no stay there in that one pose oh okay I can do that how easy is this <laughs> it's just so different I know but like and that's it like it really isn't until that sort of even like a few weeks out where you finally go oh okay I my I feel comfortable in my posing routine. So like any competitors now who are thinking, oh shit, like I'm, you know, not far out from my comp and it's still not feeling like it's sticking, like just persist because it will. And like oh, you might absolutely. even end up changing. Like I've got a routine mm. now that 
actually probably don't think will be my final routine because I don't know how I'm going to come in. I've never been as lean as I reckon I'm going to be mm. for this show. So I might yeah. have particular parts of me that actually look better with different poses. Mm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to agree. Yeah. Uh, Posing is just um, because, yeah, I, do, I think we're three weeks out from the WBFF show in Sydney now. Yeah. I know much. quite a lot of girls that are doing it and, um, yeah, a couple of girls that I know that are struggling with their posing. Um, but, yeah, well, it'll just come together. And, look, even when you're on stage, you, you kind of do whatever you, you want anyway, you know. Like I, I did all of my posing, but there was a couple of sections that I changed. I was just like, I feel like doing this. And apparently I got told I stood out. So, <laughs> you know, that's a good thing too. Just um, yeah. Yeah, go with it. That's what you want, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know. When the nerves kick in, the stage lights are on you, you just like just fucking hold on to the seat your pants and just go with whatever comes out, I think. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, look, I remember um, my my WBFF debut, right, um, hair and makeup and tan, everything was running late, as as you could imagine. Expect. But I was in fitness, so we were first on. So as soon as I got back to the room, I'm about to put on my bikini and all the girls are like, we've got to go pump up backstage. We're about to go on. I freaked out. I was like, wait, what? I haven't even got any photos of myself yet. <laughs> like, why don't I got my bikini on? Oh, dear. Anyway, there was some, um, I went backstage and it just happened so quickly. And, you know, next minute we were there and they called my name out first. So here I had to lead everybody on and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going uh, first. <gasps> no, I can't do this. And it started freaking out. I felt like I was going to have a panic attack. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And the girl behind me, um, she was freaking out as well. And I kind of used her nervousness to calm myself down. And then I just kind of stopped and I remember pumping up with the bands and I was just like, okay, this is your moment. You've worked, the hard work's done. Now it's time to go and showcase and go and have fun. Just Mm -hmm. go and have fun with it. And I kind of practiced some of the stuff that I'd been journaling about, like with meditation and just my breathing technique and, um, yeah, I brought myself back. And then once I stepped out onto that stage, I was like, yeah is my stage <laughs> just owned it so yeah a little bit of a tip for those that are competing for the first time when they do get nervous just yeah when you walk out just remember to um it's your moment your best yeah. yeah it's your moment go and have fun amazing so I actually love to ask all my competitors like how they got into competing because I find that really interesting because everyone's got a little different story and I absolutely want to know that about you but I know with a lot of guests as well that kind of really only scratches the surface and I know particularly for you that really scratches the surface of the start of a very different journey um and I know how much the gym and training plays an important role in your life and in this experience um and I would love to kind of go back to the beginning and kind of you know hold a space for you to kind of share that story because I know it's incredibly, because I've heard it, I know it's incredibly inspiring considering where you are now with your mindset. Um, and yeah, and I'd just love to hear that and to share that with listeners if you were happy to kind of go back to where it began and Absolutely. <laughs> take us through Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, well, back in my day, back in 1980, <laughs> how old am I now? <laughs> in 88, somewhere. <laughs> Look, um, 
competing for me, the reason why I started doing bodybuilding um, was I had to change my life. I had to change my mindset. I felt like it was a bit of an identity change um, for me. Um, pretty much, I look, I grew up um, with a mum who had severe brain damage. She was in a car accident when she was eight. Um and she lost all of her frontal cortex, like her frontal lobe of her brain. Now, if you know how the brain works, um, the frontal cortex is pretty much um, all of your um, actions, reactions, sympathy. Um, it's it's the part of the brain that you, that makes you stop and think before you say something or. Um, uh yeah well anyway she lost all of that so growing up the thinking brain is that pretty much yeah Yeah. yes it is yeah the thinking brain yeah so the chimp brain is the one that's located behind it which is your emotions which Mm -hmm. is the one which is heightened so that's the one that my mother uses can only use is her chimp Mm -hmm. brain so everything is all um reactions there's no thinking before things there's no she doesn't think about consequences or anything like that so you Mm -hmm. know so as a child one minute my mum was telling me she was loving, she loves me, and the next minute she was, um, and I'm not even over exaggerating here. The next minute she'd be throwing knives at me, you know, saying that mm. I'd stolen money from her purse. So technically, I shouldn't have been allowed to grow up with my mum. I was taken away from her as a baby, but um, I was given back to her because she fought for me, um, which probably wasn't the right thing. And it definitely wouldn't be something that they would do in today's society. Mm. Um, but look, you know, everything happens for a reason and I'm, she did her best. But um, that in itself led me um, to be put in situations that were, you know, pretty um, pretty bad situations. So I grew up with just her. My father was always absent. Um, he'd kind of come and go throughout my life. Um, you know, I watched my mum go from abusive relationship to another, you know, uh, domestic violence, um, you know, rape, all that kind of stuff Mm. I'd witnessed as a child. Um, I've been sexually assaulted myself numerous times, um, you know, for months by numerous people and, um, you know, just a bit of a backstory as well. Like I had to go to court when I was four years old, five years old, sorry, for a, an assault that happened when I was four and that was really traumatic. So my childhood and my um, teen years were pretty much me just rebelling against the world. Like I mm. I hated the world. You know, I think I tried to commit suicide for the first time when I was 10 years old. You know, so that's pretty intense. Like that just goes to show just how messed up um, the situation was where I was living. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like I was a bit of a – I was a dropout. I dropped out of school at 14, ran away from home, stole my mum's money and left and, you know, started my own life at 14. And I have a 14-year-old now. <laughs> like like I look at him and I'm just oh like, my oh, my gosh. God, you're just a baby. Like, yeah. You know nothing about nothing. Such, yeah, was, such a baby still. Oh, yeah. I was drinking and partying and going club, going clubbing at that age, you know, yeah. like it was just, yeah, just trying to fill a void um, in my in my life. But, um, and angry at a world that had not been fair to you, like. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very, very dark days. 
you know, and they led me into situ- some really crazy situations as an adolescent as well. Like I was a teen mom. I fell pregnant at 17, had my first at 18 and, you know, um, yeah, I had been through abusive relationships, you know, with my mm-hmm. first two kids' father and and um, my youngest's father as well, which was really traumatic. So all of that stuff that had happened um, to me, um it created this version of myself that I wasn't able to control. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I would drink, I would party, I'd take drugs only occasionally, but, you know, as like a recreational thing, I'd try to do anything just to fill that void. Mm-hmm. I had no purpose, I had no purpose in life. Like I was yeah. this mum, yeah, I was a good mum. I had a business, I was quite successful, but I was never happy, never happy. You know, there was always something deep down inside of me um, that I was like, I need I need to change. So, um, yeah, bodybuilding. Look, something happened when back in 2018 towards the end, like I'd started to develop a relationship with my father um, a, quite a few moons ago. And, um, you know, we had this good relationship happening and then he let me down in 2018. He did something that's, you know, just unforgivable. And mm-hmm. I, I don't say that lightly mm-hmm. at all. And it was then that I just went, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? I'm literally about to lose my shit. I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. I drink. Mm-hmm. I drank every day. You know, I, I would drink drink wine. Some, some, most of the time, it was a bottle of wine a day. Yeah. When the kids go to bed, that was my time. I'd sit in the shower. I'd cry. I'd drink my wine. I'd go, oh, I hate yeah. my life. <laughs> Fuck the world. <laughs> Never going nowhere. Mine yeah. was just mush. You know, and bodybuilding appealed to me. Um, I actually did modeling back when I was. 15, 16, and then again in my 20, early 20s. And because I was a single mom, like I, I didn't really get to fulfill that dream because mm. um, I had to work around the kids. You know, mm-hmm. the kids' dads are absent, so I didn't have anybody to kind of watch them. And bodybuilding appealed to me because it was like I could build my body, I could change my mindset, um, stop drinking and work towards a goal, and I could showcase mm-hmm. my goal by modeling my body um yeah so I reached out to a coach um and yeah had a big chat to him and started prepping and planning and building and I stopped drinking so it just it changed me like it completely changed my life so that's why I started doing bodybuilding and now I'm just addicted I I love I'm addicted to the structure to the discipline to the routine yeah I was gonna say what is it about bodybuilding that's just made you fall in love with it so much the discipline yeah Yeah. yeah, it's the discipline it's the it's the structure it's the um it's how it's changed me in a person like even my children my older two children who are teenagers almost 15 and 13 they've said even they say to me you know you're so much a a better person now than what you were back then Mm. It was something that my son said a couple of weeks ago that resonated with me about um, they were just mucking around and I was like, oh, you know, don't yell much anymore. And he's like, oh, you know, you used to yell and drink all the time. And I just went, wait, what? And I kind of really serenaded with me. I was like, wow. He's like, you don't do it anymore, mum. You know, like, um, yeah, just the way that he said it, I was just like, wow, it's it really has, you know, changed who mm-hmm. I am. 
who I was and I finally am becoming the person that I've always wanted to be. So, um, yeah, I don't want, that's like I don't want to um, drink because it's not going to benefit me in any way. Mm. I know that I'm going to feel like shit. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get me towards my goal. And, um, yeah, I feel like bodybuilding just gives me gives me that little bit of purpose. Um, it's because I'm doing something that's for myself. You know, I'm not just a mother. But I think we yeah. get so caught up with being, you know, I'm just a mother, I'm just a worker, I'm mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. doing this, you know, tough life or not. You know, you are who you are now. You're an mm-hmm. adult. You've got a choice. You, um, Yeah, so it's. It's like that. It's the thing. It's my hobby. I can do it for myself, and yeah, yeah. I know it, it's such a common theme. Like we get so caught up, kind of obviously thinking about other people all the time, which you know we should. But like it can yeah, be very yeah. easy, especially as a parent, to forget to put yourself first because you're investing so much into those tiny creations of yours but then you know like absolutely it is so important to make sure that we are still doing things for ourselves because if we're not whole humans we can't give any of ourselves to other people fully and kind of you know be present for them there so yeah Mm. yeah absolutely do you remember that kind of like realization or what that moment kind of like felt like where you're just like oh this training is like you know did you sort of step foot in a gym and you kind of like started to notice it or was it kind of like bam all right okay this is for me oh well look I've been throughout my life sporadically um I've been training been into the gym I'd stop Mm -hmm. and then I'd go back towards it my counselor actually referred it referred the gym to me many moons ago I think I was like 17 yeah yeah and she was like well have you ever thought about joining a gym you know because I was like I've tried this tried that you know all this kind of stuff. Um, mm. And as soon as I'd stepped foot into that gym and I trained for the first time, I still remember the feeling, walking out, being full of endorphins, feeling great. And I had a bit of a, I had a feeling of accomplishment, mm. you know, all the anger and the hurt that I had inside, I took it out on the treadmill back when I was, you know, I was mm-hmm. a cardio bunny. <laughs> but I just, I'd go so hard in the gym that I had, I'd walk out and I'd, I'd feel the way that I used to felt if I took drugs, you know, it was like, I don't feel anymore. And I was like, well, I'm doing this holistically, you know, it's, Mm. it's, it's a real approach. There's no come down. There's no hangover, you know, it's just a continuous thing. So yeah, when I, when I started doing bodybuilding, my training obviously had been structured and it changed quite a bit. Um, but I really loved having a structured program um, to follow and mm. obviously seeing seeing progress. That's when it all, that's when it becomes addictive. Yeah, so. definitely. And especially when your life has never had that kind of structure in it, you don't realise the benefits of it Absolutely. and then it comes in and you're just like, oh, this is what I've been craving or this is kind of like, it's incredible mm. what a bit of structure can do for your life. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting you're saying it's a bit like you know how you felt when you're doing drugs and stuff because it is kind of it's hedonism but it's healthy hedonism like it's you know it's still it's quite a, like training and stuff like that it's selfish not in a bad way but it is it's you're chasing that good feeling you know you're chasing that kind of like grit and determination like you know the same way like because I used to drink a lot and do drugs when I was younger and I was 
chasing something. I feel mm. like in the same kind of vein, but now it's a much more, you're channeling that energy into a much more healthier pursuit. Absolutely. And, you know, when you, um, when you are drinking and taking drugs and partying and, you know, you feel, quote, unquote, feeling good, you know, it's, it's just for then, you know, it's not mm. a continuous thing in life. Like it, it just sets you up for failure. Mm-hmm. But when you can channel all of your hurt, anger, you know, everything that you've got inside of you and you can take it to, for example, the gym and health, it changes you mentally, not only physically. Like mm. it, it then becomes something that you use in everyday life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Like the amount I've learned through of discipline and structure and stuff like that through bodybuilding that I've carried on into other areas of my life is like, you ca- I can't put a price or a figure on that. Like it's incredible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I have to agree. I think that's why I went back into a prep this time around. Cause I actually, it was a traumatic experience after my first, my first prep with my binging and I, my gosh, I, you know, I went through a breakup. I had to move house. I thought just this, so much happened you know I was just like I need this structure again yeah. bring it back <laughs> to me <laughs> give it back to me this this 100 kilo pb it's just it's not doing it for me <laughs> give me a prep again <laughs> oh, I know yeah. I know I feel the same yeah. when I'm in off season I'm just like I know there's structure and stuff like that but I struggle with the concept of flexibility in the sense of like I can't put a tangible figure on it or something like that way. Mm. You know, your coach is like, you can just be a bit more flexible now. I'm like, yeah, but specify the the, <laughs> the number of <laughs> the percentage of flexibility, please. <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, what would you say to someone then who's maybe in kind of like the place that, where you were three years ago? Like what's like a, a key piece of advice you would would give to them if they're kind of like listening to your story, seeing a lot of themselves in it um, and are kind of wanting to make that change? If you really want to heal, Mm. then you need to deal. You need to deal with what's going on in your life, whether it be um, past traumatic experiences, you know, childhood trauma is something that you will carry with to your grave it just is you know like I still every once in a while I still have you know not so much visions and um, um, flashbacks or anything anymore sometimes I'll have nightmares still like you know I've been through some really traumatic times Um, but if you really want to overcome it then you need to deal with it so whether it be forgiveness is such a powerful tool okay so to forgive someone or something or a situation is to be able to move on. You need to be able to um, forgive. It's it's not easy, um, but it's just something that needs to be done so you can move on. But you need to find something to work towards as well. So, um, you know, for me it was bodybuilding I loved that I loved the pain I loved to be able to be in the gym and I turned that that pain that I felt from little Danny you know to big Danny I held out my hand I you know I held her hand and I pulled her into the light 
um, which was really hard to do. But you've you've just got to identify what's going on and make a change. The only person that can change is you yourself. Um, obviously, to reach out to help mm-hmm. and help you with you, you know. Um, yeah, and like something that I do today, um, I pretty much do everything with intention. So, um, you know, if I go for a walk, why am I going for a walk? Okay, so my intention is to, is it because I love to go out and go for walks. It does, it helps, you know, I put my headphones on, I listen to music or podcasts, whatever I'm feeling at the time. Um, but I do it with intention. So I'm each step that I'm taking, I'm breathing in fresh air, I'm taking this step to you know why am i why am i doing a glute thrust mm. is it to feel good to, to, does 100 kilos on the bar does that make me feel good um yeah so you just really got to find your purpose um purpose in life but to heal is to deal you've got to be able to deal with whatever it is that's going on because mm-hmm. um you know the alcohol alcohol and drugs it's only eventually just going to make things worse it really is it's just a, it's just a suppressant, you know. It's just yeah. going to suppress your suppress your emotions, and and with alcohol, majority of the time it comes comes out anyway. You have that one too many two drinks, <laughs> then all of a sudden you go from being happy and laughy to crying, but then you get angry, and it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. It is it's that sweet look- spot. Two two drinks. I'm like, I just want to live yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. What a journey. Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that so openly. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I think being able, like, showing people kind of, you know, through your journey that evolving and kind of, you know, survival is just so inspiring. And, and hopefully that people mm-hmm. listening get something out of that. I'm sure they will, but, you know, get something out of that. Yeah. And kind I of hope like, so. Oh, absolutely. I was just here like, oh, God, I'm so motivated to do absolutely everything in my life right now. <laughs> just listening yeah. to you chatting. <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually get asked a lot like um, by people what, what keeps you motivated or mm. what motivates you. And my answer is always it's not motivation that gets me through, it's discipline. It's always discipline. You know, sometimes I get up and I don't want to be getting up and, you know, go, doing steps, especially throughout prep. Goodness me, like once you get to <laughs> eight to six weeks out, it's like I can't do this anymore, you know. It, it's, yeah, but it's it's just discipline that gets you through. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't want to spiral back to the, the Danny that I used to be mm-hmm. ever again, and I never will ever I won't think like her I don't I don't walk like her I don't act like her I don't she's doesn't live within me anymore you know she doesn't live within my mind she's gone Mm -hmm. I intentionally held out my hand and you know I changed her life I changed I helped her little Danny doesn't exist anymore you know there's a small spot in my heart where she lies um but I don't feel sorry for her um, because I've helped her, you know, I've mm. moved on. So, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. I really do hope um, sharing my story does help other people because that's the whole point of it. I do speak mm. about my my journey 
quite openly on my social mm-hmm. media, um, but even just in general in person, um, it's kind of somewhere where I really want to go career-wise in the future, like mm. with personal training and coaching that I'm doing now um, because when people see other people's stories and see where they are today from where they've come from, they look at that as inspiration. And mm. I feel like you really need to have inspiration in your life, mm-hmm. even if it is just somebody that you don't know, you know, someone on social media that you can look up to and go, oh, I can relate yeah. on that one thing. Yeah. That's it's really important. It's, it's just, for, it, for me, it's just finding that one thing that I can relate to and I go, oh, and I mm. see myself in that person's journey and then I, you feel seen, you feel heard, you don't feel alone. Like, you know, if anyone's going through anything, you know, the same that you went through, can then obviously, even if they haven't, but, you know, they can pick up on those things and be like, hey, actually that happened to me and, you know, okay, great, this is where I, this is how I can, you know, move forward and, and kind of help progress that and just the ability to help people feel seen and heard. And not alone is really, really, really powerful. Absolutely. Everybody's got a story. Um, We all have stories. And nobody's story is more significant than anybody else's because people deal with things differently. You know, one um, one thing that happens in somebody's world could be, you know, like for me, for example, I've had so much shit happen, like, from a very early age, mm. um, you know, it's like one thing will happen. I'll be like, oh, that's water off a duck's back. <laughs> Put it in the, in the, you know, in the thank you next bucket. Like, all good, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, somebody else would experience that and their whole world would come crumbling mm. down. And that's not to say that anybody's stronger than anybody else or, you know, anybody handles pain any any different or any better than anybody else. But, you know, everyone just deals and handles things differently. So. Yeah, for me, as I said earlier, um, when obstacles and challenges are thrown in my path, I I flourish from those Mm. things. I'm just like, yeah, bring it. Like my survival mode kicks in and I'm just like, I've got this shit. You watch me shine. (laughs) I'm going to stand back up, fix my crown. I'm going to keep going, (laughs) keep pushing through, (laughs) shovel the shit out of the way. Out of my way, bitches. (laughs) Get out of my way. Um, but you know and it's funny because if I put myself in a situation where I'm in control that's where I unfold and my last coach actually pointed this out to me because when I was in prep and it started to get challenging you know first prep you know probably around 10 weeks 10 especially eight weeks around eight weeks out I was just like oh my god I can't do this anymore I was like I can't do this, can't deal with it. And he's like, how is this anything compared to what you've already been through throughout your life? And I'm like, well, it's not. And he's like, well, how can you not do this? And I'm I'm like, you've got a bit of a point. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not in survival mode. Damn you, you're right. (laughs) Yes, yes, you're right. (laughs) You know, so that's where I struggle when I put myself in a situation that I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Something's thrown at me, and just like, yeah, yeah, well, bring it, come on, let's go. All guns blazing. Oh dear, exactly. And I love that now. Obviously, you just briefly mentioned before there that you know now making fitness a career. You know, it's obviously yeah. it's given so much to you 
Um, and it's it's a common theme, like a lot of people who get into fitness or competing and stuff like that are like, hang on a second, I love this and I love what it's done for mm. me and just the opportunity mm. to help others with it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've always wanted to do something in life that helped other people. Um, I was a beautician for, oh, my gosh, like forever, <laughs> something ridiculous. Like how old am I? <laughs> I don't know, maybe 16 years. <laughs> I ran my own beauty salon for a long time um, from home um, and it just COVID happened last into perspective whether they either changed their careers or they changed their life or, you know, mm. for better or for worse for some. Um, but that's where I decided that I wanted to become a personal trainer and I just went, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. Um, like it's just a beauty is just um, a, a small portion of what I want to be, how I want to be helping people. So, yeah, I make people feel good because I give them lashes. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but that doesn't, it's it's superficial, mm. you know. It's not, it's not deep within. Whereas I saw what the fitness industry did for me uh, and I was just like, I, I need to do this. This is my calling. This is where I belong. I need to get my story out. I need to be able to help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into the whole, like the holistic side of it, um, the mental health side of it eventually. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Well, I could honestly oh, listen you. to you chat all day. This has been incredible. Um I always like to kind of like finish off asking my guests. I know I asked you kind of what you would say to kind of like, uh, you know, someone in your shoes, but specifically to competing, is there any piece of pearls of wisdom or piece of advice from your journey that if I was say like a first time competitor um, that you would pass on to me, what would be your one piece of advice? Um, one piece of advice for a first time competitor. Hmm. I always stump people with this one at the end. They're always just like, that's yeah. a hard one. <laughs> you, you know what's really funny before I answer this? So I was listening to one of your podcasts this morning when I was doing my morning steps and you asked them <laughs> a different question. So, so I rehearsed it. <laughs> I wrote it down and I was like, this is what I would do. And you hit me with something else. <laughs> what was it? Because I used to last year ask people what their first their last meal before they started prep yes. was going to no, be. No, I do. I Go on do then. What, what was what I was do. your what would be your meal? <laughs> <laughs> White chocolate chip macadamia yes. nuts and coals. <laughs> the three dollar oh. box, a whole one. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Coles, <laughs> Coles chocolate chip cookies are on an, another level. They're in a different yes, dimension. I, they're so they, good. They just are. They're so full of sugar. Chef's kiss. <laughs> oh dear, absolutely. Bon appetit. Uh, what would be, okay, okay. But, um, so piece of advice, first time competitors. Um <laughs> <laughs> on the spot again. Look, um, honestly, just to trust the process. Mm, and great one. I hated that saying throughout my prep. Everyone used to say to me, just trust the process. And I was like, Four weeks out, I was like, the next person that says that to me, I'm going to punch them in the head. How <laughs> the fuck can I trust the process when I've still got four kilos of fat to lose in four weeks? But honestly, everything happens in peak week. Like mm. everything changes. Just 
trust the process. Go with it. Do your steps. Do your macros. Count your calories. Stay on plan. Whatever it is that you need to need that you are required to do um, by your coach. Um, yeah, and just go with it. Have fun. Have fun is is a big one as well. I think we get so caught up in stressing towards show um, that we forget to really enjoy enjoy the process along the way and have fun with it like you know yeah you you've got 2,000 steps to do when it's raining outside and you know you've got to go walking in the rain but you know think about it from look at it as a positive note I like to turn every negative into a positive and I I have trained my brain to be able to do this for many many years Mm. now but okay so you're going and you're walking in the rain but smell the rain it smells beautiful yeah. you know like it's making you wet how are you feeling you're cold okay awesome but you're alive it makes you feel alive you know just have fun with what you're doing mm. yeah that that would be my advice i think there was like three things in that in that bit but <laughs> no, that was perfect you you, <laughs> you said i stopped you but that was you nailed it <laughs> now, i totally agree i think trusting and loving the process having been someone that's done a prep where I didn't really know the process I just kind of fucking got on with it to a prep where I hate the process to now a prep where I'm like absolutely loving it I can tell you where I would rather be (laughs) yeah right here loving every second so I think that was an absolute pearl of wisdom yeah and and look I do think um one other thing um that really helped me throughout my prep is podcasts oh my gosh they got me through my steps my walks um it was just amazing I found your podcast by the way um (laughs) I think I was about 10 weeks out and by that stage I was feeling like a crazy person um I I really was um but listening to you interview other girls and listening to other girls' stories and their preps and their post-binges and their reverse dieting, I learned so much. I noted, I took notes so much. It, like it helped, it helped my stage time. It helped my show. It amazing. helped me, my prep. Yeah, it was just amazing. So, yeah, listen to podcasts. <laughs> They're good. Specifically They're good this you. one. <laughs> specifically this one yes no exactly that's I was the same like and that's why I started it because I was just like you do you do feel like a crazy person I still feel like a crazy person but and like but just being like yeah being able to sort of say to someone oh no that's normal in inverted commas for competitors uh, subtext um and they go oh okay I thought I was going back to crazy or I thought my body was broken like no it is quite normal not to be able yeah. to feel your fingers and toes because you're so cold three weeks out from your con. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> so, so I'm 15 weeks out from my w- IFBB, sorry, debut, and I, it's winter and it's cold. I am <sighs> so cold. I, oh my gosh, I have minimal body fat and, yeah, I'm freezing all the time. <laughs> The layer I, up in the clothes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just telling just quickly before we go, I was just telling a friend who's three weeks out from comp and she um shout out Claire. And she was saying that she's super, super cold and barely breaks a sweat now when she's doing a cardio. And I was like, Yeah, I used to go and get an infrared sauna 
Um, and I would get the little solo pod ones where you can have your head out. And I would be so cold that I would, by the end of this 45 minute sauna, have just warmed up my fingers and toes. And I would bet like, I just, it would be so cozy. I would just be like, oh, this is just a nice warm sauna. I'm just going to have a little nap. And then I would go back like a few months later when I had like more body fat on me and I was like, this is fucking unbearable. I cannot stand yeah. this yeah, longer than 20 minutes. But like my hands and my feet, like toes just wouldn't even warm up. Yeah. Yeah. The joys of prep. Oh, you get to do it all again, don't we? I know. <laughs> so if people want to follow you on social media, learn a bit more about your coaching service, your PT services, where can they do so? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. So mm-hmm. I'm fitness underscore with underscore Danny mm-hmm. on Instagram or fitness with Danny on Facebook. I have a Facebook page as well. Only fairly new into the fitness industry mm-hmm. um, with PT. I think I've just not even quite 12 months. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot there, but it's all coming together and I've got some pretty big plans for the next couple of years. So oh stay tuned. Lots I will of competing be, stuff too. Yes, that's so exciting. <laughs> I will be keeping tuned. Absolutely, um, a thousand percent. But Danny, thank you so much for sharing your story with me, for chatting to me, giving up time in your Sunday afternoon chat to me. I absolutely loved every second. Um, and I can't wait to see you on the IFBB stage, and hopefully, we share a WBFF stage together someday very soon. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute honor. Um, being on your podcast considering that I listened to so many of them and now I can hear myself <laughs> yay <It's> probably cringe <laughs> you get used to it I promise <laughs> awesome thank you so much Robin all right guys thank you so so much for tuning in if you enjoyed listening to today's show don't forget to share it with a friend you think might love it too or on your stories and tag both my guests and I in it so we can see and reshare. You can find the show on Instagram at Secret Life of a Bikini Competitor or my personal page, which is at Robin Zimmy. All these details will be found in the show notes too. I release a new episode every single Wednesday, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And until next week, stay safe, stay legendary, and I will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.